Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing Breaches of the Week. And this week in Data Breaches is absolutely nuts. But before we begin, as always, I want to thank the following people that sent me in this information, or a lot of it anyway, and that would be Andy Jenkinson, Jay Dance, Jacqueline Wolf, and Eli Lee. Thank you very much. If you have a tip for me, please send it my way. I'll give you a shout out here. You know I will. Now with that, let's get going. I want to do a quick update on audience view. If you recall, college use audience view for their ticketing system. They had a major breach. Colleges are essentially declaring, and this week is no different. University of Wisconsin at Eau Claire, Eau Claire, Eau Claire, Eau Claire? I'm not sure. But anyway, University of Wisconsin, Eau Claire, probably saying that right, now declaring a data breach for at least 255 of their people. I guess their sports aren't as popular. Moving on, let's talk about University of the People. I've never heard of them, but on March 24th of this year, they filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Maine after learning that an unauthorized party was able to access confidential information stored on the school's SharePoint platform. Now, in their official filing, uh, what we are talking about here are names and social security numbers. And after confirming uh, basically that this data was leaked, they began sending out breach notifications to those impacted. So if you have anything to do with the University of the People, please check in. Moving on, I want to give you an update on Capita. This is from their March 31st data breach that I reported a couple of weeks ago. The company told the press at the time that it was too early to confirm that it actually was a cyber attack. However, information has come to light that later showed the company knew that it was dealing with a cyber attack, or at least likely knew. Now, Capita is one of the largest business outsourcing providers in the United Kingdom, and its services are used by the country's government. So that obviously is a huge, huge thing. If Capita knew this ahead of time, they're probably going to be liable for damages. We'll see what happens. Moving on. And head back to the United States and give you an update on the DC Health data breach. If you recall, this is the health system that essentially is for government employees and members of Congress. Leadership from the DC Health Benefit Exchange Authority, the governing body uh, of the exchange, uh, essentially that suffered this cyber attack, testified before a House committee this past Wednesday, clarifying there was actually human error that led to this breach. Now, DC Health uh, Benefits Executive Director Mila Kaufman explained to the House Administration Subcommittee on Oversight that a misconfigured server led to the sensitive personal information from a total of 56,415 current and past customers, including 17 sitting members of Congress, got leaked. So obviously that's a huge thing. It's still unfolding. I've got wind that the Senate is now going to be looking into this as well, not just the House. So we'll see what happens. But obviously a major breach for the U.S. government. Moving on, we are doing a new mini segment within Breaches of the Week. And that is the Class Action Roundup of the Week. Because everybody's suing everybody. And here you go. First one up on the Class Action block is UK car sales giant Arnold Clark. I've reported for the record on all of these in the past. So if you're a longtime follower or listener... You might have heard of these on past Sundays, but UK cars, car sales giant Arnold Clark is facing a multi-million pound group action claims from thousands of their customers for leaking their data. Moving on, let's head down to Australia because major Aussie telecommunications provider Optus, I talked about that one at length last summer, starting last summer, I should say, it was a massive breach. They've been hit with class action lawsuits involving more than 100,000 current and former customers in relation to their massive breach this past September that impacted nearly 1.2 million of their clients down under. So heads up to you. If you use Optus, go get paid. Moving on, we have a class action lawsuit basically claiming negligence on Northstar EMS. This is basically a September 2022 cyber attack that compromised the personal information of 82,000 people. So if anything to do with Northstar EMS, 
there you go. Moving on, Medtronic recently reported that users of its in-pen diabetes management app may have had their private health information secretly shared with Google due to tracking and analytics tools. I've been talking about that at nauseam for months now. So attorneys working with classaction.org are investigating whether a class action lawsuit can be filed on behalf of consumers over this potential uh, privacy violation. So Medtronic, there you go. And we keep going. I mean, this week has been crazy for class actions. On top of this, a class action has been filed against Harrington Raceway as they failed to protect consumers' personal data during a December of 2022 data breach, according to the class action lawsuit. So if you're a fan of races and you go to Harrington, heads up to you. Merit Healthcare on the hook class action, 77,258 people exposed in 2022. I don't know much more on that, but they are facing a class action as well. And finally... Illuminate Education, they actually, and this is an interesting one, is why I'm closing this one out with, they defeated a proposed class action alleging that they negligently uh, failed to protect the information of more than 3 million elementary and high school students that was exposed in a late December 2021 breach. I've been talking about this one for a while. The plaintiffs failed to show that they had suffered concrete harm from the breach or were at immediate risk for future harm. That's a threshold requirement for that standing under Article 3, and that is according to Judge James V. Selma of the U.S. District Court for Central District, California, this past Wednesday, he dismissed the suit without prejudice, meaning they can file again if they find a new angle, illuminate education, maybe not off the hook. But those are your class actions. If you have anything to do with one of those, go get paid. But I also think it really underscores it's a lot cheaper to simply spend on good cyber defense strategies and training than it is to actually have all your people sue you, all your customers sue you, and not want to work with you again. Moving on. Let's talk about a third-party uh, vendor breach uh, by a company called Guardian Analytics. They're a third-party vendor. Quote, it was kind of vague. It wasn't very specific. Just that they got certain, you know, like probably my social security number and things like that. That's all we know right now. A quote from somebody involved in that. So heads up, if your company uses Guardian Analytics, you may be involved. Moving on, let's talk about Webster Bank. This is out of Connecticut, and they are the first to declare the uh, basically Connecticut Attorney General's office says this data breach impacted 153,754 people in Connecticut of this group. Oh, and for the record, these are the ones using Guardian Analytics. I did not make that clear. Webster Bank is using Guardian Analytics. So 153,754 people in Connecticut of that group, 117,278 have their name and account number exposed. 36,476 people have their name, account number, and social security numbers exposed. Everybody should have received a letter that was impacted. So Guardian Analytics analytics storing sensitive information first one to declare is webster bank out of uh Calif excuse me connecticut and i know i'll be talking about them in the future because this is what i do moving on Let's talk about Huntington Ingalls Industries, because on April 18th, they filed a notice of data breach with Maine's Attorney General after learning that confidential consumer information stored on their infrastructure was accessed by an unauthorized party. Based on their official filing, the incident resulted in an unauthorized party gaining access to names, social security numbers, phone numbers, credit card numbers, debit card, dates of birth, driver's license, passports, uh, financial account information, routing numbers, health insurance information, and medical information. So odds are this is their employee base more than anything else. After consumer 
uh, confirming that this data was leaked, they began sending out notices of uh, notices of breach. So Huntington Ingalls Industries, obviously not having a good week either. Nor is the Shields Healthcare Group. I swear this week is nothing but like healthcare and banks. Um, basically, on April 19th, they filed with Maine's Attorney General after learning that they had a compromise on their computer system. And based on their filing, we're talking full name, social security, dates of birth, home address, provider information, diagnosis, billing information, insurance numbers and information, medical record numbers, patient IDs, and other medical or treatment information. After confirming this was hit, they sent letters out. So heads up, Shields Healthcare Group patients. Moving on, let's head on over to the Philippines and talk about the Philippines National Police, the National Bureau of Investigation, and the Bureau of Internal Revenue. Their Senate is set to conduct an inquiry into the reported massive breach that exposed those three organizations within the country. The probe uh, basically was prompted by Resolution 573, filed by Senator Bong Revilla, uh, who expressed alarm over a report by VPN Mentor uh, that basically found the records of 1.2, almost 1.3 million persons in a repository of law enforcement agencies, including sensitive information, had been compromised in a massive breach of that com uh, country's infrastructure. So huge problem. Uh, you know, if you're one of the one point, almost three, 1.3 million uh, Filipinos in this, uh, you definitely want to make sure that you're checking in, even if you are no longer living in the country because they've got records on everything. Moving on, I want to talk about ICICI Bank or IC Bank, ICIC Bank, ICICI Bank. That's an interesting name. Uh, basically on uh, April 21st, Cyber News published a report saying that over 3.6 million ICICI uh, EIEIO, ICICI bank files were leaked publicly, 3.6 million files. Um, they are currently denying the data breach that and saying that did not happen. So I'll keep you informed on that. That should be an interesting one. Moving on, let's talk about stockbroking firm or brokerage um, Angel One, because this past Friday, April 21st, they reported a data breach that compromised the personal data of many of their users. Now, this came to light after the company received emails claiming unauthorized access of client data. Seems like ransomware and extortion to me. In a regulatory filing, uh, basically, Angel One said that certain malicious actors gained unauthorized access to information such as name, email, and phone numbers of their users. However, the brokerage did not specify the reason for the leak or the number of users impacted by the incident. The company claimed there was no impact on client securities, funds, and credentials and added that all client accounts were secure. Meanwhile, it said it's taken measures to rectify this, improve its security, etc., etc. So heads up to you if you use Angel One for all your brokerage needs. Moving on. Let's head back down under and talk about Australia's IPH, their IPH Limited, I should say. They said this past Monday, a forensic probe into a data breach last month revealed that a limited set of data, which originated from member firm Spurson and Ferguson, also in Australia, was downloaded by an unauthorized third party. I don't have more than that, but if you have anything to do with Australia's IPH Limited or Spurson and Ferguson, also in Australia, you might want to check in. Moving on. Let's talk about independent living systems. This is an update from their past breach. I reported on more declarations. And in this case, we are talking about Iowa Medicaid. That's right. If you're on Medicaid and in the state of Iowa, you may be approximately one of the 20,800 Iowans that are affected. We will continue to see more of these uh, independent living systems out of Florida, but they are a third-party vendor nationwide. Moving on, let's talk about Point32 Health because a law firm initiated an investigation into Point32 Health, which is the parent company for 
Tufts Health Plan and Harvard Pilgrims Health Care. And those had a data breach on April 17th of this year. They stated uh, that they identified a ransomware incident affecting the systems uh, basically that it uses to services members, accounts, brokers, and providers. According to Point32 Health, it is currently investigating this incident to determine if the files were compromised. And if they are, they may include things like names, address, social security, driver's license uh, information, medical information, and health insurance information as well. So if you have anything to do with Point32 Health or Tufts Health Plan or Harvard Harvard Pilgrim Health Care, heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about the West Technology Group because on April 18th, they filed a uh, notice of breach with Maine. It looks like an unauthorized party was able to access and remove confidential employee information from their network. Based on their filing, what we were talking about is employees' names and social security numbers. They've sent notices out too. So if you work for West Technology Group, Heads up. Moving on, let's talk about Traditions Bank or Traditions Bancorp Incorporated because on April 17th, they filed a notice of data breach with Massachusetts after learning that an unauthorized party removed files containing confidential customer information from the bank's computer systems. Based on the official filing, what we are talking about here are names, addresses, social security, bank account numbers, loan numbers, debit card numbers, dates of birth, online banking names, and driver's license numbers. They sent out letters as well, but if you use Traditions Bank, Bank or Traditions Bancorp Inc. for all your traditional banking. Heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about Beacon Health System. On March 10th, they posted a notice of data breach after learning that an employee was accessing patient files uh, that contain confidential information without authorization. That's a huge no-no. They are trained against those kinds of things. That'll be a nice hefty fine from HIPAA and HHS. But based on their statement, if you basically are a, a Beacon Health System patient, uh, your name, address, date of birth, social security number, and protected health information may have been accessed by this, I'm assuming, now terminated uh, employee. So obviously that's a huge problem. Hopefully it's very limited in scope. Not that I'm saying it's great if this dude was stalking his ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend or whatever, but hopefully it's limited in scope. But anyway, Beacon Health, you should check in. Moving on. Let's talk about Comscope Holding Company because on April 17th, reports began to emerge about a possible data breach following what the company believes to have been a ransomware attack. Comscope has not officially released a data breach letter announcing this, but those that have reviewed the information say that it includes uh, employees' full name, address, email, phone number, social security number, and bank account information. If and when Comscope confirms all of this, I will obviously let you know. I'm assuming they'll notify, etc., etc., but heads up to you if you have anything to do with Comscope especially employment. Moving on, let's talk about La Clinica de la Raza because on April 7th of this year, they filed a notice with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Office of Civil Rights, that's the HIPAA, HIPAA folks, after learning that certain employee email accounts containing confidential patient information were accessed by an unauthorized party over the course of a two-week period. Now, according to their filing, what we are talking about are patient names, addresses, social security numbers, dates of birth, financial account information, uh, payment card information, online information, medical treatment information, health information. Basically, if you've ever looked at La, Clinic de, La Clinica de la Raza, yeah, they've got your data out there. They've sent letters out to 15,316 of you. Hopefully, it's not too bad. Moving on. I want to give you another update on Common Spirit Health. This is one of the largest health providers in the entire United States. They're based out of Chicago, but they've got places everywhere. And as I mentioned them last week, now... We've got even more because one of their major subsidiaries, Catholic Health Initiatives out of Kentucky, has basically declared that the following locations in the state of Kentucky are now caught up in this data breach. So if you're a Kentuckian and you use any one of these in your neighborhood for your health needs, check in, please. We are talking about 
Flagget Memorial Hospital in Bardstown. And there's a ton of St. Joseph's here. Basically, if you have a St. Joseph's in Kentucky, it's probably caught up in this. But we're talking about St. Joseph's Hospitals in Lexington, Kentucky, St. Joseph Health Community Pharmacy in Lexington, uh, St. Joseph Health Berea, uh, St. Joseph East, both in Lexington as well, St. Joseph London, St. Joseph Mount Sterling, St. Uh, Joseph Mount Sterling Outpatient Rehab, St. Joseph Mount Sterling Outpatient Rehab in Flemingsburg, which I'm assuming is down the street, Continuing Care Hospital in Lexington, CHI St. Joseph Medical Groups in Central and Eastern Kentucky, so like all of them, Jewish Hospital in Louisville, which is interesting for a Catholic Health Initiative, and St. Joseph Martin in Floyd County, Kentucky. So Kentuckians, if you're using any of those St. Joseph's or a Jewish hospital, apparently in Louisville or Continuing Care Hospital, check in because you are caught up in this never a fun day. Moving on, let's talk about real estate firm Orange Tea and Thai. They are out of Singapore and they have been ordered to pay $37,000 following a data breach in that company that compromised the information of over 250,000 employees and customers. Now, Orange Tea and Thai was uh, basically made aware of this incident on August 3rd of 2021 after an organization identifying themselves as Alt-DOS demanded a ransom of 10 bitcoins essentially extorting their data. Now, the group claims to have stolen hundreds of databases, including sensitive information from the real estate firm. And in that same message, they also provided video footage of databases that they allegedly stole. That has been a new tactic lately where you start to see videos as opposed to flat files or structure. So there you go. But if you use orange tea and tie for all your Singapore needs uh, in terms of real estate, you definitely better check in. And moving on, let's talk about John Muir Health, the specifically the Walnut Creek Medical Center, because on April 13th of this year, they filed a notice of data breach with California, and based on their filing, what we are talking about is access to protected health information. Uh, I do not have an understanding of its names, medical, whatever, but heads up to you. They started sending out uh, uh, basically notices, so John Muir Health, Walnut Creek Medical Center in Walnut Creek, California, heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about VoIP software provider 3CX. Now, this is interestingly enough an update, and this is courtesy of Brian Krebs of Krebs on Security, and he learned some pretty remarkable details this past week about the recent supply chain attack on C, uh, 3, 3CX. Now, the lengthy and complex intrusion is like a cyberpunk spy novel, according to him. North Korean attackers use legions of fake executive accounts on LinkedIn to lure people into opening malware disguised as job offers. That malware targeted both Mac and Linux users working at defense and cryptocurrency firms. And the software supply chain attacks basically nested in with earlier supply chain attacks as well. So in late March 2023, 3CX disclosed that its desktop application for both Windows and Mac OS were compromised with this malicious code that gave attackers the ability to download and run code on all the machines where this app was installed, meaning it had command and control. 3CX says it has more than 600,000 customers and 12 million users in a broad range of industries from aerospace to healthcare to hospitality. And so they hired an incident response firm, specifically Mandiant FireEye, which released a report this past Wednesday that said the compromise began in 2022 when a 3C, 3CX employee installed malware-laced software package distributed uh, basically via an earlier supply chain uh, compromise that basically tamped, uh, tampered with one of the installers, uh, and, and here we are for trading technology. So there you go. If you use 3CX uh, for all your VoIP needs, you definitely want to check in. Hopefully the phones themselves weren't compromised in some way, shape, or form, but when we're talking about state-sponsored attackers, who knows what's going to happen in North Korea's pretty much caught up in this one. Moving on. 
I want to give you a really interesting update coming out of Finland. I've talked about this one before. Actually, it was like a year or two ago. This is Vastamo. This is a psychotherapy clinic. And basically, as a refresher, in 2020, the highly sensitive data of tens of thousands of psychotherapy patients were exposed when an attacker infiltrated a storage database owned by Finland's psychotherapy center, Vastamo. Now, Ville Tapio, the ex-CEO of the now-closed clinic, has been convicted for what the court has determined was negligence in failing to safeguard his client's data. Now, as Naked Security explains, it was discovered that Tapio was aware of the clinic's lax security and that the clinic had experienced in 2018 and 2019 um, basically uh, uh, some kind of breach or incident, but CEO then Tapio failed to report or act upon this. The message then uh, basically sent by his conviction is that the company's, uh, basically the company head's failure to remediate their cybersecurity issues is a punishable crime. Although Tapio has received a three-month prison sentence, it has been suspended, so he's not going to jail just yet. We're going to see where this goes, but Finland, not playing around. If you're negligent and you knew about breaches and you're covering them up, and then you got something major going on because you're not fixing the problem, they're going to put you in jail, quite frankly. I don't think that's not necessarily a bad idea. Now, I understand there's club there's club fed, right? And then there's like jail jail. And I'm sure Finland, Finnish, Finnish prison is nothing like the American prison system or anything else. But, you know, here we are. <coughs> Moving on. Let's talk about the American Bar Association. This is actually an update from the ABA. They suffered a data breach after attackers compromised their network, gained uh, access to older credentials for almost 1.5 million of their members. The ABA is the largest association of lawyers and legal professionals globally, with 166,000 members. As of uh, 2022, the organization provides continuing education, services for lawyers, judges, all this kind of stuff. This past Thursday night, the ABA began notifying their members that the attacker was detected on their network on March 17th of this year may have gained access to these credentials. This is a legacy member system decommissioned in 2018. So obviously they may have 166,000 current members, but if we are talking about almost 10 times that number, it clearly has one employees of the ABA directly, but also past members as well. So if you've ever been a lawyer or are currently a lawyer, you definitely want to check in with the basically the governing body for you. Moving on. Let's talk about popular fitness apps because apps like Strava, and this is our finally today for the record, popular fitness apps, because fitness apps like Strava are leaking sensitive information of users even when they've used the in-app features to specifically set up privacy zones to hide their activity within specified areas. And this is according to researchers. Two PhD students from KU Leuven in Belgium have discovered that if a person is starting his or her activity from home, an attacker with limited skills can use a high can use high-precision API metadata revealed in the app to pinpoint their home location even if they set up what they are calling an endpoint privacy zone, EPZ, for that specific area. So in other words, you've said it like, yeah, private, don't pe have people show my home. The, basically, the API is showing that information if you're able to scrape the metadata and take a look at it. If we're talking about limited skills, that means I could probably teach a third grade class how to do it. Now, despite contacting the companies with apps that are leaking this data, the problem is still largely unresolved. These researchers, Carl Daunt and Victor Lapuchat, uh, basically, according to them. Now, the plan was to prevent, uh, the plan, Scari, is to prevent present their findings at Black Hat Asia in a session called A Run a Day Won't Keep the Hacker Away, Interference Attacks on Endpoint Privacy Zones, 
in fitness tracking social networks. Uh, both researchers previously presented uh, the work and its accompanying paper at the ACM conference on computer and communication security last year in November. Now, people using fitness apps like Strava to keep track and basically share data about their fitness activities, such as running, cycling, or walking from within the app, they can basically set and reach fitness goals as well as compete you know, with friends, train virtually, all this kind of stuff. But this data, though, if it falls into the wrong hands, obviously can be used against you uh, to basically locate where you live, where you uh, basically can frequently conduct fitness activity. Maybe you're starting you know, at your local park, whatever it is. And this scenario came to light back in 2017, and I did report on it back then. I went back and looked because I knew I had talked about this, uh, when Strava was sharing secret U.S. military base locations when personnel on active duty were sharing basically fitness activities to their apps. You know, essentially the soldiers were running around the secret location, the perimeters and whatnot, mapping this out, and people in Strava could literally start mapping out, like, you know, U.S. military bases that were kind of off the grid, and here we are. So obviously that's a huge issue. And so if you're using a fitness app, understand fitness, you know, and working out isn't just going to kill you, it's going to get your data exposed as well. And so those were your breaches of the week. It's absolutely crazy week, and uh, I hope you weren't caught up in any of these, but it seems like half the hospitals and banks you know, around the globe just got hit this week, and there you go. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP, and please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please, please, please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.